The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to another episode here at the Kickpod Dojo. I am your host slash sensei TJ Williams, giving the insight of my martial arts experience as well as um, highlighting and um, um, analyzing certain martial arts based subjects and also highlighting martial arts from around the world, past, present and future. All right. Today I got a guest for me. Um, um, definitely a good friend of mine over at um, a school of Ohio, um, John Malone's um, School of Karate, or was it um, Karate Studio, right? Uh, yeah, John Malone Karate Studio. Oh, okay. All right. So thank you very much for um, joining me um, today. So um, usually just a reminder, listeners, that this is a martial arts-based um, podcast. I mean, this is basically martial arts talk. Right, so first of all, I'd like to congratulate you on your um, Instructor of the Year Award in Vegas. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Was a, it was a huge surprise. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, I was hoping to be a recipient for that award, but uh, you know, definitely, I was yeah. great to be recognized for um, most inspirational. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So usually, when I when I interview people, um, I usually ask them like, "Who were you before you were um, a martial artist? Like, how can you best describe yourself as a martial artist, or before you got into martial arts?" <laughs> Um, well, I started, uh, when I was five. So, um, honestly, I don't remember much prior to, uh, starting karate. You know, karate's actually been pretty much, you know, all I've done my entire life. It's been this, it's been my sport of choice. Um, so, you know, I, I do remember I played one year of, uh, Pee Wee League baseball. Uh, vaguely remember that. Hated it. Um. <laughs> So, you know, so I stuck with karate. So, you know, I started, actually started karate in August of 1988, which is the same year I started kindergarten. Oh. So I've pretty much done, I've done it from the beginning. So there's, there wasn't much to me prior to karate, actually. I, oh, so that's like a good beginning for you. I mean, you started off yeah. with baseball and then, of course, you said, oh, that's not for me. I mean, I might as well go into martial arts. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so... When you, your first lessons, I mean, after your first lesson in martial arts, I mean, what was your mindset after that? Like, you were thinking you are going to black belt, or you are just going to try it out and see where, how far you go? You know, uh, like, I, you know like I tell my students and stuff, too, it's like, honestly, like, between white and black belt, there's just very few memories that I have because I was so young. But I do remember uh, walking into my first lesson, and it was actually the, 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 the guy that was my current instructor, um, he was an assistant instructor for the guy that I started with, and his brother was actually teaching jump spin outside crescent kicks. Oh. Um, so I walked into the gym of the YMCA, you know, and I see this guy doing these jump spin kicks, and I was like five years old, and I was just like blown away. Um, and, uh, you know, the Karate Kid movie, Ninja Turtles, you know, those things kind of yeah. got me started, you know, got me interested in it. Um, my parents will tell you to this day that they started thinking, you know, they, they signed me up thinking it was going to last six months. And, uh, you know, here I am 30, you know, 33 years later, <laughs> uh, still doing it. So, um, but yeah, that's the, you know, I don't, I think I, I can remember when I was about a green or brown belt, um, 
thinking, you know, hey, you know, I wanted to test for my black belt. Uh, you know, I'm kind of getting close to that point. But between, especially between white and green, I don't remember, honestly, don't remember a whole whole, whole lot of uh, things just because, you know, I was so young. Hey. Oh, so for the style that you started with, um, was it actually the Chuck Norris system or was it a different style? Um, when I started then, uh, the guy that I was with was actually, he was a Chuck Norris system school. It was a Chuck Norris system at the time. It was actually, they were still using the uh, Tank Sudo name. Okay. Um, so he was a UFAP, he was a UFAP school. Um, shortly after I started with him, he left UFAP and joined a, another organization. Um, so I got my black belt initially under that organization. And then, um, when my current instructor left, opened his own studio, I followed him and then he became a UFAP school. And that's, you know, I had my, I had my black belt, um, under that organ, another organization that I had a black belt in Tang Sudo before I got into, you know, and officially tested as a Chuck Norris system black belt. Hey. All right. So let's go into your, like your first black belt um, test for the Chuck Norris system. I mean, I get like um, when I was talking to Crosby, um, Broadwater, and um, also um, I was talking to Damien um, Cecita. I think they'll tell me differently yeah. of like how they tested for black belt. So, can you describe your like first black belt test? Yeah, um, I actually pre-tested the first time in uh, 1997, um, and the, then the, the test you only had to test for up to third degree, and they didn't have a fourth degree test at the time. Um, so that first degree test was a lot harder than, um, what they have now. And even actually test because I actually didn't get a test then I ended up sick in the hospital, didn't get a test then. So then it wasn't until a few years later that I actually got the test for my first degree. Um, but then we had to do, you know, all the UFAP, we had to do both UFAP forms. We had to do Kun Sangun, Bossai, plus some of the pinyon forms. Um, the on-call stuff up to four was, we had to do the multi-direction. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot more intense test then. Um, but, uh, you know, so I tested that first time in pre-tested in 97, got sick right before the test, um, couldn't test it then again. Then, you know, I ended up waiting until about, I ended up not testing until about 2001, got into high school, um, got a job, you know, still went to class, you know, two, three times a week, but, you know, training wasn't super serious at the time. Um. So I really, I didn't test again until 2001. And then the 2001 test, they had kind of scaled some stuff back. It, it was a little easier, um, you know, it's been revamped. And it's, it's more difficult now than it was when I took my first degree test. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was still a difficult test either way. Yeah, I think I can recall my first degree test. I mean, yeah, you talk about they scaled down the katas. I mean, you said you had to do, like, all the peon katas plus the UFAT forms and kunsangun, But usually... For the black belt tests, I mean, around 2000, 2001, they had cut down the katas, and then, yeah. of course, everything. Yeah, so definitely, I definitely saved myself the embarrassment of doing everything on a test. Yeah. What's anybody? Sorry, I got, I'm, I'm with my kids at a pool, so. Yeah. What's anybody? Right. Okay. All right. All right, so let's now, let's go into uh, that, like, the fourth degree test, like, you had to, how do you, can you best describe that one? Um, that was probably, it was the, it was probably of the three, of all the tests I took, it was the most difficult. It was also the most unusual for me because I actually, I pre-tested, um, um, yes, you can, it's in the front pocket. Um, it, uh, 
the region that I'm in, we're one of the only regions, I think, that does a live pretest. So we, you know, school owners, we meet, we do a live pretest, run it just like an actual test, and then we do a live test also. So, you know, we actually, um, I know a lot of schools and stuff will do, and it's, it's because, you know, our, our schools in our region are a lot closer together. Um, some regions are more spread out, so they do like a video pretest. Um, so, you know, I did, um, and on our pretest, we do pretty much everything except uh, we typically, we don't fight on our pretests. Um, we save the fighting for the test. Um, and um, so, um, you know, I passed my pretest, no problem. When I got to my fourth degree test, the only thing I had, we were finishing up fighting combinations. Um, I just had. Uh, to do the pad drill, the kicking on the pads and sparring were the only things I had left, and I actually tore my hamstring um, on the test. Uh, tore, tore it off the bone, couldn't walk. Um, you know, I was super bummed. You know, I was thinking, it's like, you know, hey, I'm going to have to do this test again. I did not want to. It's like, I mean, I killed myself coming up to this test, getting ready for it. Um, but, you know, I was fortunate enough that, you know, I had completed enough of the test that uh, a good friend of mine, Van Frazier, actually called um, Ed Signs and was like, hey, here's the deal we got, you know. And um, Mr. Signs was like, you know, hey, if he's completed, you know, at least three quarters of the test, if you feel like you can evaluate him sufficiently, you know, for that rank, um, you know, you can make a decision based on that. So I competed on the Chuck Norris team for several years. You know, I trained with all these guys, so they've seen me kick bats, they've seen me fight. So, um, you know, they were, I was fortunate enough that they um, that they uh, passed me on um, passed me on my test to get uh, my fourth degree. I mean, even though I wasn't able to do the fighting and the kicking the pads and stuff, because um, I mean, I couldn't even, I could barely stand, I could have barely put weight on my one leg, let alone you know, complete a test. Yeah, I know for my fourth degree class, uh, for your fourth degree test, do they like, uh, instead of having the requirements, do they add like a couple things? Like, say, they just come, came with like an, like, say, they, instead of adding more kicks, they add like something fancy, like a rollout. Like, Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they would, you know, Mr. Ferguson uh, was the regional chair at the time, and you know, he would always add something in. You know, we had, there was one test, um, he had uh, people holding body shields facing each other. We had to, like, jump and do, like, a double kick between the body shields. You know, he would add, you know, he would add things in there like that just to kind of see how we uh, adapted to, um, you know, change or being, you know, put to, like, outside your element and stuff. Yeah, I think I remember my fourth degree test back in 2019. I mean, it was me and Mr. Presty driving all the way from Niagara Falls all the way to Boston. And, of course, we did the test, and then we had to drive back. So we kind of oh, left man. around, like, Batman time, like around 12 o'clock yeah. at, in the morning. And then, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was a good experience driving there. But, you know, the Black Belt test itself, I mean, Mr. Schaefer was, like, really giving me the business. I mean, yeah, because, yeah, of course, I was it was me and two other people testing like, they were testing for third degree, I was testing for fourth, so I got the worst of it. But, you know, yeah. I mean, I pushed myself enough just to get through that test. It's like, really, it's like, yeah. I was tired, blown up, but, you know, I wanted that fourth degree. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, a lot of the regional chairs, it's like, you know, I know a lot of the people that are, you know, the regional chairs, I've talked to them and stuff. And sometimes it's like, you know, they'll throw stuff that's like, you know, not necessarily like a UFAC requirement, but they'll throw it in there um, just to kind of see, it's like, hey, are you willing to, you know, give it a shot, even if you do it? or it looks terrible you know it's like did you give it a shot um or did you you know you know try your best did you like you know, not give up and <coughs> things like that yeah all right now let's go to your master rank i mean i think i remember you breaking um bricks or something for your master yes. rank. yeah yeah i mean of course this year i mean it was like big because 17 people were pre-testing or yeah test for master 
I mean, yeah, yeah that was definitely a show. Definitely the, the performance of the um, performance of the night was uh, what was her, Miss Taylor. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I had so much fun looking at that performance, but really, oh, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, it was it was it was it was really good. I, I mean, I really enjoyed that one. Hey, so for the master ranks, um, what what's the requirements like? What you what you have to do? Pretty much. Um, to, for master rank, you've got to complete two of the MDS classes. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to complete them in any order. You can just get whichever ones you know are available. Uh, but you got to do two of those. Um, you got to have your time in grade. So um, you know your you know minimum of four years. Um, I think you've got to be active. You don't necessarily have to be a school owner. Um, well, really, even I don't even think you have to be. You know, if you're not an instructor, they want to see you actively training. Or, you know, being at the convention or you know being part of regional things. You know, if you're a studio owner or an instructor, they want to see that you're you know promoting people to black belt or pushing people towards black belt. Mm. Uh, and then uh, at when the time rolls around and they run the list of people that are eligible, they give that list to Mr. Norris and then he approves. Um, says yes or no to whether you're actually advanced to the master rank. And then, you know, you have to do the demo, um, do the, the demo, which is this year they limited them to two minutes. I think when I did it, I had between three and five. But they limited it this year because there were so many people. Oh, so likely in like 2023 when I go for it, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be tested with me, but, you know, if they were yeah. saying there was less people, they give you more time, right? Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, because like up to even the master ranks, because I was actually at the the first year that they did a master rank induction. I think was two thousand and four. That's when they actually started that, and that was actually my first year at the convention. And um, there was only I think one person that year that did it. Um, but um, I think they typically have between three and five minutes. But it was just this year. You know, we had to make up for twenty twenty, so they had so many people that. Um, that they just limit the time just so that way we weren't there for three or four hours. Hey, okay. All right, so for your master rank um, ceremony, of course, of course you, did you, like, have to kind of think of what you're going to do? I mean, of course, the quick breaking, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I uh, I started thinking, honestly, like, I mean, like, as soon as I got my fourth degree, as soon as I passed my fourth degree test, I started thinking about what I wanted to do. You know, and I'd already seen quite a few, you know, several, you know, several years worth of, you know, because I didn't get my master rank until 2014. Um, I went to the convention the first time in 04. So, I mean, I'd been there, I'd seen 10 years worth of, worth of master rank inductions. You know, so I kind of, you know, I've been thinking about it the whole time. And, you know, I, I'll tell people to this day, it's like, you know, I, I wasn't thinking like, you know, I want people to remember, you know, you know that like, you know, John Malone, he did good forms or you know, John Malone, he had good self defense. You know, I knew I was going to be breaking. And I just wanted people to go, John Malone, he made a mess. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I did. I mean, so that's, you know, I went out there with that goal. You know, it's like, you know, I did several brick breaks, did some board breaks and stuff. And, you know, because um, I hadn't seen anybody really do any breaking or anything up to that point. If they did, it was just like maybe one or two boards here and there that hadn't done any type of power breaking or anything like that. Um, so, you know, that was kind of my goal. Was that, that was my thing. I wanted to stand out, you know, especially going for fifth degree. I was like, man, you gotta do, I got to do something to, to, that makes people remember. And, it, I mean, it worked because I still have people to this day, you know, come up at the convention and stuff. The master rank had two or three people this year. Actually, one of them was somebody that was going for the master rank. I went up and congratulated them. And they were like, thanks. Like, I still remember yours, it was awesome, you know, so I kind of accomplished my goal with that. Yeah, so definitely for me, after watching the performance in Vegas this year, I mean, like, the wheels are turning in my head. It's like, I got so many yeah. things outside of karate I want to put in that um, put in that performance. Yeah. It's like, really, it's like, I want to at least shine out with that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll be looking forward to yours. Yeah, definitely. All right, so, um, okay, going to the part where you become a school owner. I mean, I know when you started, I mean, you had to build up to, like, being an instructor, and then you had to be a school owner. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a little different now than when I when I started my school. I actually started teaching uh, when I was a freshman in high school. Uh, started teaching in my parents' basement. Okay. Um, so, it, and then it was it was probably right after I graduated high school uh, when I applied to be a Chuck Norris System School. Um, and at that time, really, I just had to fill out an application, send in pictures of the school, which you know, for me, it was my parents' basement at the time. Um, and then I've since moved to a better location. But, uh, but basically, I had to do the application, have the approval of my instructor, which I talked to him before I even considered doing that. And then um, had to have the uh, approval of the regional chair, which at the time was Clayton Ferguson, you know, so I talked to him. And um, and then... Um, can I get um, a better uh, chance? Yes, you can. Okay. And then uh, send it in to UFAF, and uh, then they approve it, yes or no, uh, which is, you know... Is this enough money? Yes, it is. Um, and, you know, they approve it, uh, yes or no, and they did. And uh, really, the at, for me at the time, they're, you know, other than just being keeping my membership active and uh, having students, that was really the only requirement. Now, I know there are more requirements to being a school owner now with the charter. You know, I've got to be in Vegas uh, at least two times every four years. Um, and I've completed all the, well, I've done all but uh, one of the master rank. I didn't get to do 602 because they were revamping it. So I actually repeated to get my four classes in for my sixth degree. I actually just repeated, um, I think it was 502. I repeated 502 to give me four of my MDS classes. Um, so there's a few more requirements now to be a school owner than there were when I get, when I started my school. Um, so, and then there's a, there's a school, there's a charter fee now, which, um, that helps with the business stuff and gives you some advertising stuff. It gives you access to like business management stuff and things like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right. So, um, of course, um, I'm still waiting for a word of what's going to be the next MDS. Cause I mean, I know I got to still take mines. I mean, yeah, so. they're always updating them, you know, um, you know, 501, you know, kind of focuses on, like, you know, our traditional blocks, like how we do our stances, how we do our blocks, why we do them this way. Um, and then 502, um, it focuses on, I think it does, like, I think it does, like, front and, like, sidekick maybe focuses on that. 601 gets into, I think, some of the spin kicks and, like, uh, heel kick, round kick. And then the 602 is basically, you know, it's really geared towards school owners or, uh people that are going to be running a test uh it's kind of how to run a test and especially you know with all these new test requirements and you know revamping the test as a school owner you know i get the you know here's what's on the test um but it's like you read it and you're like i don't know what you know this is because you know because of the terminology they use so they kind of the 602 now kind of clarifies that so that way we kind of know all the terminology how to run a test you know the order they want things done stuff like that yeah, because I know when I went to Vegas um, in 2019, I was geared up to like um, do the MDS, but of course they, of course they were updated. And of course, yeah. Um, yeah, say they said if you take the IDS, then they'll count towards your MDS. So luckily, I just well, got, good. yeah, just luckily I took that, um, took that IDS, and then of course, um, yeah. learn like what um, what they got going on with the tests and everything, and at least learn what's what the way it looks like, so I can yeah. at least at least teach my students. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. 
All right, so outside the um martial arts, I mean, I know I understand you've been doing like the MD or not the MDS um the Krav Maga, yeah, that. Yeah. All right, so like how many times you've done like the seminars or like what what um level are you at right now? No, I'm good, thank you. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm actually, uh, I've got my level six, which is second degree black belt in the UFAP Um I didn't go down to Florida last year um, to do my, I wasn't able to go down to do my level seven because I'm actually in the middle of working on my master's, doing a master's program for my nursing stuff. Okay. So um, I wasn't able to do that. So I'm hoping to go down this year uh, to do my level seven. Um, so I'm currently, you know, with UFAP Crop, I'm a level seven. I'm involved with some other Crop organizations just to get some extra training. You know, so I'm a level one instructor with uh, the USKMA, which is the United States Crop Maga Association. I'm a level one with them. And then I'm going to, uh, in November, uh, do my level one with the uh, ICCS, which is the Israeli Contact Combat uh, System, um, which is just another Crop organization. It just gives me, you know, more, um, you know, more access to training to, um, you know, school owner, I get business stuff through them too, but then also, you know, just more options, you know, making sure that I, you know, I bring in the best stuff to my students that I can. Yeah, it's, always have, it's always great to have, like, something in your pocket. Like, I mean, you'll have, like, the, of course, the Chuck Norris system. Like, pretty much, it's your main job, and then that you want to yeah. at least learn something more to, like, at least, like, amplify your um martial arts style. Yeah, and they're so good yeah. with that crowd, my God. I mean, I know it's intense because, you know, you have to be, like, almost like in creative, incredible shape. Yeah, it really is. You know, so I really, and I was like, you know, I teach, you know, I teach the Chuck Norris system, but then it's like, you know, the self-defense that I'm using, like, in my Chuck Norris system classes is the Krav Maga self-defense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's honestly the best stuff out there that you can get. It's the most practical, the most realistic, you know, so it's like, I'm, that's, you know, that's what I use for that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's enabled me to get in. Um, I'm doing a, a, I'm not, I don't have any, I'm a nurse, you know, my yeah. full-time job is as a nurse. I'm in nurse practitioner school, you know, so the karate is kind of like a side gig, but you know, it's something that I enjoy, something that I love to do. Um, but you know, doing the crop has enabled me to get in to do some law enforcement stuff, being able to work with some, uh, local uh, police departments, <laughs> things like that, you know, um, so it's, you know, it's, it holds a little more weight than, you know, a traditional karate system when you're wanting to get in to try to help train police officers and stuff, you know, the, the crops got, you know, it holds a little more weight, um, with police departments, especially when, you know, I'm not a police officer. So they don't, a lot of times they don't want to listen to what I have to say. Cause they're like, well, you're not a police officer. You don't know, you know, uh, what we do or anything like that. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. You said you were like in the nursing, like, before nursing, what what was your other options like outside of karate? I mean, what was your main interest like other than um, nursing and uh, other than karate? Um, that's really about it, man. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm like every, I mean, honestly, I you know, it's like like I said, it was my sport of choice. I competed, you know, when I was younger, I competed three out of four weekends a month up until probably I got a job when I was in high school. I worked for four years and then. Once I got out of high school, I changed my schedule around, and then I started going. And um, right towards the end of my senior year, started competing again. I was competing too, you know, a couple weekends a month. Yeah. You know, competing on the Chuck. You know, while I was in nursing school, taught karate, competed on the Chuck Norris team. Um, you know, I mean, I had a job at a grocery store. Yeah. Um, that, you know, paid my paid my truck payment. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, other than that, I mean, really, I mean, karate's been, you know, yeah, you know, uh, doing stuff, you know, active in my church and stuff like that. 
But um, I mean, Crotty's. I mean, really, Crotty's been it. You know, and nursing school went to nursing school right out of high school. Yep. So you know, it's been nursing and karate pretty much the whole time. Hey. So lastly, um, how would you will you will you see yourself in five more years or even ten? Um, I'm hoping that um, probably you know within the next five years, like I'm finishing my nurse practitioner degree uh, in December. Um, you know, so I'll probably be working as a nurse practitioner, you know, still teaching karate. I'm hoping after I get out of school, looking at moving the studio to a better building. Um, kind of got a lot of things, you know, in mind and plans to, you know, with the studio to make it, you know, bigger, better. I've got a lot, I've got several black belts that, you know, really stepped up the last year, helping me teach. You know, some of them are interested in kind of teaching their own classes, you know, so hopefully being able to expand out, do some things like that. Um, but that's kind of, you know, where I'm looking at, you know, looking at moving towards, you know, expanding my craft program um, and things like that, too. Uh, okay, awesome. All right, so thank you very much for taking the time to, for me to interview you for my podcast. All right, so, no problem. Yeah, I appreciate so, you having me. Okay, so I'm going to do my little um, exit out of here. So, um, hello, everybody. Um, yeah, this is a great episode talking to John Malone. Uh, all right, make sure you tune in to my previous episode on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Kickbot Dojo. This is your sensei, TJ Williams, bowing you out. Bye. from the future telling you that your dream is going to come true what no way yeah you're going to have an awesome podcast called let's talk but no politics okay and new episodes come out every sunday on Beyonce.